and so I said to him, Never mind about your bass's fifth string. Why don't you show me that G string and I'll let you record that Fieldy's Dreams album you're always banging on about. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Now, the funny thing about his braids was... Uh, sir, I have just received news. Damn you to a five-finger death punch concert in back, Bigglesby. I told you to call me by my full title when I'm with my harem. My apologies. Oh, Lord Supreme Commander Tane, I have just uh, received... Uh, 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 my full title. Oh, Lord Supreme Commander Tane, whom the Bards will forevermore praise and his luxurious beard. That's better. I have just received word about the situation. Oh? Oh! Oh, damn it, Bigglesby, why didn't you say so sooner? <claps> Ladies, leave us. I have work to attend to. Come, Bigglesby. Let us adjourn to somewhere more private. Very good, sir. Bigglesby, what news have you brought me? Good news, I hope. Sir... I am reluctantly the bearer of tidings that aren't as good as you would hope, I'm afraid. The attempt has failed. Gary Grimm is still alive. Curses! I went down on a lot of important people to have that accursed Grimm wiped out. Someone owes me head. Either Gary's head on a platter, or the bastards who failed me for lating my penis. I can't have Gary coming back. Everyone knows that promoting the metal shows in Sydney is a billion-dollar industry, and there's more in it for me if I don't have to share it. Whilst Grimm has been away, I've become accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Well, sir, you had been experimenting with it for a while, what with Fieldy and all? No, no, not that. I mean living in the lap of luxury, without that annoying pedant around. I guess if you want something done, you have to do it yourself. Very good, sir. Oh, and get that frog-faced bastard on the phone I hired to finish the job. He has a lot of sucking to do. Here with me. 
the 15th full-length episode of the Deaf to All But Metal podcast. I'm Grim. Gary Grim. And I'm Tane. Hi. Uh, what you just heard, uh, that, that song that you just heard, uh, was a band called Black Death. And they have the self-titled album being reissued by Hell's Headbangers uh, in the States. Uh, the track that we heard from that was Night of the Living Dead. And this band, Black Death, is considered to be the first African-American metal band. That album was released in 1984, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. And uh, I, I don't know if this was lined up by Hell's Headbangers or not, but it's actually the 40th anniversary of the band forming as well. They actually formed in 77, which That's is pretty crazy. fucking amazing. That's crazy. Uh, so they're taking pre-orders now at Hell's Headbangers for that. It comes out in April, and it's killer. Yeah. So, so check it out. Yeah, we were listening to the rest of the album before we started, and it's, it's fucking incredible. I'm definitely going to be getting a copy, I think, myself. Anyway... Yeah, um, I'm back. Yeah, 
I was overseas, as you probably heard in the last full-length episode. Mm-hmm. And um, in between that episode and now, uh, Tane recorded his own solo episode, the Stone of Doom episode of the podcast. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. I gotta say, uh, a bit weird, you not being here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is weird when you don't have someone to bounce your ideas off. Of. Yeah, yeah. When it's just you and the mic, rather than you and someone yeah. else and the mic in the background, it's it's pretty strange. But uh, yeah, well, congrats, man. Thank on you. Recording your solo episode. Well, uh, what did you think? I have not listened to it. I will not listen to it. Not not my cup of tea. Not not musically. I'm not talking musically. I'm just talking about the talking in between. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, having to hear my voice any any more than you normally do. Fair enough. So uh... yeah, I I am of course kidding. It is a great episode. If you haven't heard it, go to our SoundCloud page and check it out. Especially if you're into the Stone of Doom thing. Because Tane picked uh, some really cool tracks for that episode. It was very cool. And uh, hopefully, I mean, the the solo episodes are something when, we're, when one of us is away in general anyway. But it's kind of a nice way of showcasing music that we might not get to do so much of uh, yeah. on, on our normal episodes. Yeah, so. like uh, last time Tane was overseas, I recorded a, a black metal episode to... Uh, that was listened to by maybe 10 people. So. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's nice to do, and I'm sure those 10 people enjoyed it. Oh, I, I hope so. Uh, yeah, so hopefully there'll be something like that again in the future by by both of us. Yeah, so. yeah, quite likely. Well, um, uh, Maz and I will be actually heading over to England and Sweden later this year around august so i would not rule it out that there may be another black metal episode yeah part two quite probably black metal episode we'll see what happens when we get to that point anyway yeah but look this episode because i was away uh for about a month there is a lot of catching up to do there's Mm. a lot of music to play so let's play some music cool so uh what are we going to be listening to first well to kick us off there's an australian band uh called desecrator a thrash band they have an album coming out uh that has just been released actually it's called to the gallows and we're going to listen to a track from that right now. It's called Thrashes of Verb. <laughs> Let's hear it now. Thrashes of Verb from Desecrator. Enjoy. Show. 
front and I'll put your beer down at him.
Shadow there with They That Walk The Night from their album Far From Light. And in the middle there, after Desecrator, we had Overkill with a new track from their album The Grinding Wheel, which was our finest hour. Excellent. So, Gary, yes, you're back. I am back. How's the trip? Uh, uh, we want to hear more metal stuff. Like, uh, I know we talked about it just before, but... There were a lot of things that you guys did. Uh, tell us where you started and what you guys saw. Yeah, so metal-wise, well, the the whole trip consisted of us going to Norway, so mm-hmm. Oslo and Bergen, Yep, uh, where we saw fjords and all kinds of uh, amazing scenery and stuff like that. Uh, snow, a lot of snow. <laughs> uh, beautiful place. Uh, then from there, we went to the Netherlands uh then on to oh sorry we went to sweden then the netherlands mm-hmm. uh we went to prague in czech republic and we went to budapest in hungary fuck yeah so i mean nothing untoward happened in the trip at all nothing not planned no nothing dangerous what what do you mean well no um no injuries nothing Nothing weird, uh, things falling like masonry next to you in Prague, like, uh, for example? yeah, for example, uh, no, <laughs> what? oh no, no reason. You know, I just, um, uh, I thought that was supposed to be, it's, uh, I mean, so, I thought maybe something might happen. Uh, no, no, relatively safe. Okay. Uh, well, it's a big trip and, uh, you know, it's a dangerous world out there, but anyway, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Mm. Uh, okay so i mean i know you guys obviously went over for blast fest and that was going to be the start of your trip yeah but that obviously got cancelled yeah that got canned like right at the last minute there was some other things kind of arranged uh there was a bit of miscommunication with the dates of some things that i wanted to go see so uh, that didn't sure. end up happening yeah but uh, I did end up going to a place in Bergen where Blastfest was supposed to be mm-hmm. uh, called Garage, which is this cool kind of underground metal club. Yeah, right. Uh, apparently a lot of uh, old school uh, black metal Norwegian bands got their start at Garage. Oh, no shit. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, and downstairs where all the bands play, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the size of the Valve where we have our Death Orbit Metal Club Nights plus another half of that. Oh, shit. So still not not massive. It's, it's not huge. It's pretty intimate. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, it was super easy to get up the front for mm-hmm. these bands too. Uh, we were on the barrier for pretty much every band that we saw. So who who were some of the bands that you guys actually got to see? Because obviously some cancelled. They couldn't do it because of the trip, but there were a lot of bands who were still committed, and so they were playing, right? Uh, a lot of the a lot of the bands that I saw weren't Blastfest bands. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, Devin Townsend was going to be at Blastfest, and so I ended up seeing him in a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. It's more like kind of like the Metro or something like that. If you if you're talking Sydney venues, sure, okay. It's like Metro Menning Bar, something around that kind of size. Uh, but up the front, it was Devon Townsend's first time performing live in Bergen as well. So Sweet. the crowd were very appreciative <laughs> of uh, him being there. Yeah, well, Debbie usually makes a big effort to making the crowd feel like that too. I Dude, think so. It was his usual thing, you know, mm. uh, which is great. Yeah, uh, you know, basically his facial expressions, and he, he was just exuding joy yeah. and basically 
kind of telepathically giving everyone a hug, <laughs> as, as he is wont to do. Fuck yeah. So, I mean, I mean who else? Uh, uh, so, at Garage, mm. uh, I saw a band from Norway called Sarg. Uh, they were cool, kind of old school, doomy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, also saw a band called Inculta. Who are old school thrash in the vein of like uh, the first couple of Slayer albums? Yeah, sweet. Uh, reminded me a lot of Hellbringer from Canberra. Oh right, okay, yeah. that's fucking cool. One of the uh, one of the guys from Sarg and uh, some people from some other bands that escaped me at the moment. They were in a an Iron Maiden tribute band called Maidenheads. That was pretty cool. The, that is fucking amazing. Yeah, the crowd really got into that, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, probably the highlight of the garage, though, was mm. um, seeing a, the mighty, mighty enslaved. Yeah, well, I mean, I know I saw photos during the trip, uh, and some of you guys who followed the Instagram may have as well, but seeing enslaved in a place that size i mean it's got to have been fucking amazing it was nuts man it's the it's the town that they call home now which is bergen they okay. do, i don't think they started out in bergen but that's mm. where they're based now okay and so seeing them in that kind of intimate venue and i was right up the fucking front too mm-hmm. uh it was incredible it was it was definitely one of the huge highlights of my trip <laughs> That and going to Nisa Blood and going down into the basement and seeing where the black metal inner circle yeah. oh, used to shit. hang out. That's epic. Well, you, that is actually something... There are a few like non-music related things that I know you guys did mm-hmm. over there that I know would be of interest to our listeners. And that is definitely one of them. Well, it's, it is music related. I well, guess. yeah. It's, it's not a gig, but there are a few other things as oh, well. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I know we mean. talked about the church burning kind of locations as well. So Yeah, yeah. I did, did some church sightseeing and stuff. And yeah, yeah. It was uh, a lot of black metal history in Norway I got to check out which was amazing because I'm such a big black metal fan yeah totally it was, the vibe from that was awesome yeah yeah I mean is it something you'd recommend to listeners who are traveling over there of like course. take the time look I, I know everyone that goes to Norway who's into metal goes and checks out the black metal basement and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, if you haven't and you've been thinking about it, totally worth it. Sweet. So, after Norway, we had it's Netherlands Death Fest. Netherlands Death Fest, yeah. That was pretty much... Netherlands Death Fest was the last big metal thing that we did Okay. Uh, on the trip. We went to a few bars and whatnot uh, in Prague and Hungary. Uh, so, a few shops, metal shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, the biggest metal thing to happen in the trip was Netherlands Death Fest and it was amazing three days of just insanely killer bands fuck sweet so okay um I know that this one, because we talked about it a little bit before, this is, I mean, it's a slightly different festival of something we'd be used to here so this was actually smack bang in the middle of the city as well yeah oh it's a kind of out of the way uh place called Tilburg oh okay uh is right near eindhoven Mm -hmm. uh and yeah in tilburg you get off the train there's a a street 
just lined with pubs and restaurants mm-hmm. and then at the end of that street you turn off and there were two venues there was a really big venue that housed the main stage and a smaller second stage yeah and then across the way from that is a smaller venue which was built in like an old church or something oh, like that. that's cool because there's heaps of like stained glass windows in there and stuff yeah and sweet so yeah a lot of bands uh, covered those two venues well uh what were the highlights then uh off the top of my head i'd say nocturnal graves from melbourne that's right yeah those guys were traveling over there to play yeah well received yeah they they owned that uh small church venue that i mentioned they that place erupted when those guys went on they just the, the whole the whole crowd was moving it was amazing fuck that's awesome put on such a good show it was cool to see like i'm not like a a patriotic kind of person i (laughs) I, like i was born somewhere by chance yeah you know i I don't have that much affinity to the geography yeah that makes sense yeah but seeing the an aussie band fucking kill it like that well, I, it I feels pretty, pretty cool. proud. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, awesome. Well, um, uh, obvi- there were a lot of uh, larger, larger names there as well, uh, and I know Tripticon yeah. uh, definitely played, which I'm very jealous of. Yeah, man. Uh, they played a lot of Celtic Frost stuff. Uh, wow, that's cool. Well, they, they, I think it was uh, maybe three songs from Morbid Tales uh so that was amazing to see and then they played some Tripticon stuff as well sure i I wasn't sure if uh tom g warrior would be down with some of the old stuff or not depending but that's really cool to hear he owned it but the live they were tight as fuck it it reminded me of the the last uh, celtic frost tour oh shit yeah nice that was cool uh, there are a lot of highlights from Netherlands Death Fest. So I won't go through everything, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, because there was a lot. Three day festival. There is so much shit happening there. Yeah, but uh, Niflheim were like the perfect live black thrash band. <laughs> the the they had just the right amount of cheese, you know. Oh yeah, cool. With the spikes and the leather, and mm-hmm. just like old dudes pulling off the no shirt leather vest with spikes all over it oh yeah totally totally (laughs) and the the black eye makeup and shit it's funny that uh it's funny that you say that that i think for some of the obviously like more what was extreme back in the day seeing bands like that i've even seen it outside of metal stuff with like limp wrist as well yeah it's like it's like the leather daddy look and they don't care what they look like and they just fucking do it and that makes it kind of that's part of the reason it works you know yeah i mean most of those guys are rocking skullets as well yeah so. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> I, I don't think by choice either it's like they can't grow their hair yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah but their look aside their songs translated live extremely well fuck super yeah. tight catchy fucking hooks mm-hmm. but still not too melodic to be uh, like sell out kind of mainstream sure. or anything yeah. like that. They're stuck to their guns, I think, through their careers. And yeah. It's cool to see them doing that live yeah, too, I guess. Totally, so. totally. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, Candlemas played the Nightfall album in its entirety. Yeah, that was announced before the show. I remember hearing that before you headed over. You know, different different vocalists. Sorry, the guy's name escapes me at the moment, but he did a really good job filling mm-hmm. in. 
Uh, it sounded perfect, especially Bewitched, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit. About was the last band that I saw on mm-hmm. the on the tour. He was fucking incredible. Again, riding the line between comedy and serious black metal because he can really play. His band is super tight as well. Yeah. But there's also him being the, the living meme that he is. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I guess the thing is, like, uh, with Abath and with everything he's done, uh, the, the music is, is fucking tight and it's true and until you see them live uh and realize that he's yeah he is that almost cartoon character but it works it works because it's right in the middle of being over the top Mm. and being serious yeah yeah totally uh so that was great Mm -hmm. fuck there there was so many good bands i can't even list them all right yeah oh look i mean for for anyone interested i mean yeah do check out the lineup you can probably also look at gary's uh instagram as well yeah there's a lot of (laughs) there was a lot of good photos there yeah fuck well look i mean speaking of uh seeing a lot of music it's probably time to hear some more awesome music as well yeah let's listen to some more music so i reckon it's time for some immolation actually yeah so let's gets into some good old death metal uh immolation just released a new album through nuclear blast the album is called atonement and the song we are going to listen to is fostering the divide (laughs) or fostering the divide sure let's hear it now immolation
black metal there from Portugal. Uh, the band was called Black Celice. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, they have an album out now through Iron Bonehead called Banished from Time. And the track we heard from that album was Channeling Forgotten Energies. Uh, before that, in, uh, after Immolation, right in the middle there, was a band called The Great Old Ones, a Lovecraftian black death band from France. Their album is EOD, A Tale of Dark Legacy, and the track we heard from that was When the Stars Align. I do love a bit of a mix of Lovecraft and some nice dark fucking brutal metal. Yeah, there's heaps of Lovecraftian kind of bands. It's, it seems to be happening a lot more in the last couple of years than ever before, I've got to say. Yeah, it's totally. interesting. Did it become public domain in that time? I don't know. It's... It must have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, fuck. Well, I mean, I know we talked about the, um, you know, the bands that you saw and, yeah. and, and some more specifics of the trip, but one thing that I know I'm interested in in and I, I'm sure a lot of other people would be interested in is kind of hearing more about the the cultural side uh, of the metal experiences in multiple countries like that. I know it's something we talk about about uh, you know we love our local scene and we we want to support it. We like to hear about other local scenes as well. But uh, having it sort of as an outsider as you were in that instance, uh, and I know you did also speak about um, Hungary and the Czech Republic being a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear some more of that. But I mean, uh, of course, let's start with what you were with seeing international festivals in, in, in towns. Did you find that it's, it's different to, to hear? I know people talk about it, but was it different, do you think? Well... I've been to a bunch of uh, international festivals before, and I know you have as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So we can both kind of speak to this point a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, seeing a festival like Netherlands Death Fest that was indoors mm-hmm. was great. I kind of prefer that to camping any day. <laughs> I, I do like the camping thing sometimes, but fuck, man, I'm getting old. I'm 36 now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Sometimes you just want a bed and a shower. Yeah, know? yeah. Instead of a, a pile of straw and someone else's vomit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, there's also the matter of crowds and just metal being a bit more accepted as a cultural th- thing uh, in Europe than it is in Australia. I think. So do you mean by by non-metal audiences and and it's just a more cultural thing that's prevalent you think yeah, it's definitely more prevalent okay uh overseas uh maybe not so much in netherlands where i went to the festival mm-hmm. but definitely in norway in um, prague it was pretty prevalent as well yeah right S- saw a bunch of metalheads uh in budapest as well so okay yeah and checked out a lot of uh bars and um shops and stuff that were dedicated to rock and metal and um it's like we have utopia here in sydney Mm. and there's other shops in different states here but Mm. it just seems like such a more of an underground kind of uh not necessarily taboo but kind of weird it it is an outside cultural yeah uh experience i suppose totally What, what 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 are your experiences with 
crowds overseas at gigs compared to here in Australia? Well, I mean, one one obvious thing that I, I didn't really acknowledge at first until quite a while later is that when you go into a festival overseas and you're going to somewhere, say, like Sweden or, or Norway or Germany, something like that, those festivals are generally much bigger than any metal festivals we'd have here. And as a result, they are made up much more of an international audience. So people travel to go there because totally. it's closer. You know, pe- people don't go from Germany to go to fucking Soundwave here. You sure. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's. Uh, it, I don't think that ever really happens. So, I mean, there, there was a great kind of sense of camaraderie between people who could not speak the same languages, uh, both in the pit, at the bar, at places afterwards, because often they are maybe a little bit closer to a town rather than, you know, in a, in a fucking stadium a while away. Uh, so I did find that was very different. Yeah. Well, to expand a little bit on the points that you just made, a lot of the bands that you'd see at international festivals mm. don't have to travel to the other fucking side of the world to play at those <laughs> festivals, you know? Yeah, that's true. So you get a lot more variety. Mm. Uh, you kind of see a lot of bands that wouldn't, come to australia mm-hmm. uh just because there's not enough uh backing from a crowd to, sure. for them to be able to afford to travel all this way bring all their gear all that stuff you know what i mean so that's an interesting point would you say uh because there's a a, a larger amount of travelers going towards there to make up a decent crowd to mm-hmm. warrant this festival mm-hmm. but do you think that without that international travel that these festivals might not happen to the same level. So, like, I mean, I know there's more metalheads in, say, Norway per capita uh, or Finland or or places like this, but you still think the majority is actually international? No, I wouldn't say the majority of the crowd is international. It's just that it's easier for these bands to to travel. Oh, okay, sure. Like, uh, you know, a lot of these bands, it's just... uh, an eight hour flight rather than a 24 hour flight yeah you know combined I mean? with gear rental and, exactly, and all of that exactly, shit. exactly yeah totally uh or or even less like a short uh trip like an hour away and you're in a completely different country by yeah. plane you know? well that's it in scandinavia uh or or even from england i mean like you know the range you have in a two-hour flight uh radius is incredible Insane. and something that we we can't even compare with you know we Insane. have we have new zealand or tassie and yeah <laughs> it is interesting seeing uh, a few local bands starting to hit indonesia which is quite cool because we do know there is uh still underground uh movement there for metal but it is starting to become a bit more accessible i think totally and uh, talking about the point you made about um it being a bit more camaraderie over over there i definitely see that as true Uh, like i'll see australians at international festivals but uh the europeans man they just love to party they love their fucking metal and Mm. i'm not saying that australians don't love their metal as well Mm. because we wouldn't have a podcast if they if they didn't love metal but they just kind of display it in a different way there's a lot more kind of 
just standing back and nodding. Uh, so displaying rather than sharing kind of thing? Yeah. Or? Like, if you compared a local gig here to a local gig in, say, Germany okay. or so- somewhere else where I've been and seen local gigs, yeah, I think people are more open with their passion for... Uh, the music whereas mm. here people seem a little bit more reserved mm-hmm. uh, the metal scene locally in sydney can be a little bit clicky in kind of in a few points okay it's a bit harder to kind of ingratiate yourself into but then you know i've been to france at hellfest mm. Uh, seeing a band play some huge epic song and then everyone's your brother yeah. or, or sister or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, you know, everyone's there for the same reason and they embrace that. It's, it's true. And I mean, I'm not sure if this is something that I've spoken about on the podcast specifically before, but I know I've told you. Uh, I found a great example of that was um, when I was in... Uh, Sweden, this is years ago now, at a festival called Rock Weekend in Schillefors. And before the festival started, before the band started, but people were drinking and they were arriving and whatnot. And they're like, oh, fucking Europe's playing. Because there was like a lot of classic bands. It was like Alice Cooper <laughs> and that was Halloween. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was amazing because uh, people were giving them crap and whatnot. And there was, there was a real mix. It was obviously Sweden. So there's a lot of guys into death metal. There's a lot of guys into black metal and whatnot. But, but. yeah. But, <laughs> but when Europe came on, everyone knew the words. Every everyone single song. sang along. Yeah. And it was a bonding experience. Because at that point, the people had been standing back and maybe sort of cherry picking the bands they wanted to see but there were uniting forces there that uh, that went beyond the music and went beyond the show to the point where people were kind of hanging out more and talking and i found that really fucking cool sure i've seen that overseas as well there are some bands that you wouldn't think would work at a metal gig yeah uh or a festival or whatever Mm. that totally bring everyone together and stuff like i've seen Blue Oyster Cult, Guns N' Roses, mm. you know, just all kind of bands like that, Aerosmith, yeah, w- whatever, and everyone kind of comes together and is like, fuck yeah, yeah. even though it's not necessarily like the heaviest band that you No, see. no, definitely not. I, it was funny because um, trying to think about something that I could compare this to locally, because, I mean, you know, there are, there are examples like Sabbath, but that's not really a festival, and so... It doesn't reflect a different crowd attending, but the closest things we'd have would be like Big Day Out with Rammstein or like sure. Rage Against the Machine, things that are like aren't necessarily real brutal metal, but they are bands that metalheads are into who, or who maybe they got into metal through bands like this. Sure, they kind of reach a wider spectrum. Of yeah, that. true. But I definitely did... I, I did not find that they were uniting influences. It was just a pack of assholes who could be the loudest, who could love the band the most. It's still that weird elitist thing, I think, uh, but not even from a metal crowd. It was really strange. So maybe it is an Aussie thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, look, if you have an opinion on uh, international crowds, or if you're from an international, if you're from Europe or Scandinavia or something, in your England, now, yeah, wherever, somewhere outside of Australia, and you have a opinion about it, uh, comment on our Facebook or send us an email, even, and we'll probably read it out at the next uh, on the next podcast. Yeah, totally. So. 
let's listen to some more music because we've still got a shitload to get through. That's, that's very true. So I think in the spirit of things, talking about all things Northern, uh, let's have a bit of a crossover here and we'll be listening to Valhalla next. Uh, they've just released an album called Voyage into Eternity, and I think we're going to be listening to a track called The Winterstone. The Winterstone, some Australian uh, epic Viking metal for your ears. Fuck yeah. Right now, let's do it.
listening to Utopia from King Woman, their new album created in the image of suffering. And between Valhalla and King Woman, we had uh, Drogsol, uh, Vlodaland from... Actually, Vlodaland is the album, and we had Vabdoran's Vals. Good times. Very good times. <laughs> uh, look, so all we have left to do is to just um, plug some stuff. Mm-hmm. So our good friends at Offensive Behemoth asked us to plug their uh, upcoming gig. Uh, Tane, would you like to give us the deets? Sure. So this is happening on April 13th. It's Unholy Thursday Extravaganza. And this is going to be featuring Lord Sword, Yes I'm Leaving, Offensive Behemoth, of course, and the wonderfully named Durry. <laughs> Which, uh, like, I haven't seen these guys still, but I just really need to just because there's a band called Durry. Yeah, but, they're called Durry. Yeah, totally. So that's happening at the Valve on Thursday, April 13th. Yes, and uh, our next Death Tour But Metal is coming up at the Valve on the 5th of May. Uh, it's Death Tour But Metal The Return. So this is our first gig since, fuck, January? Uh, February? Feb. Yeah, first one since Feb. Yeah, so the lineup so far is pretty good. We haven't uh, finished it off yet, but uh, the lineup consists of uh, Fatigue, so a bit of Black black Thrash there, uh, Enfiled, who you might have seen at Death Door but Metal before. Yep, but excited to have those guys back because uh, it's been a while. Enfiled are great. Yeah. And, of course, Fenrir, who played at our first uh, Death Door but Metal gig uh, with their kind of altered lineup, so minus Duncan, uh, I've heard them once with the with their current lineup, and mm. they sound great. So well, uh, a while ago, obviously we had the guys in the studio as well, That's and right. yep. they were saying that they're going to be sort of taking it in a new direction sound wise as well. So yep. hopefully we'll get to hear some shit there as well. Yeah, a bit more of a thrash speed metal kind of sound. Uh, so yeah, we'll have uh, probably at least one more band on that list. Uh, so stay tuned at Death Tour About Metal for that. Uh, we're also going to have. A new game. We're going to drop the Black Metal Twister for that oh, uh, yeah, show. Yeah. And we're going to try out something a bit different. Does it, does it have a name? I mean... Uh, I haven't got a name yet, but look, join the event now. Uh, and I'll keep the event updated with all the details of yeah, what's, cool, what's cool. to be expected. And the day or the night after our Death Tour but Metal gig, there's another awesome gig happening at the Valve. Uh, the lineup is Harissonus, The Veil, Dead River Runs Dry, Tomb Stealer from South Australia, and Suicide from Victoria. So that's on May the 6th at the Valve. Uh, it starts at 8 p.m. Uh, really worth checking out. Yeah, it's going to be a couple of awesome nights at the Valve for metal, I think. So. Totally. So you could, you know, whet your appetite at Death Tour about metal on the 5th and then come back for some serious doom slash goth slash black metal stuff. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you're thinking, like, oh, I can only do one night or I'd rather do that, why not both? Yeah. Huh? Just get a cup. Add some concrete to the cup, drink it, and harden the fuck up, and come to both. Word. 
so look, that's all the plugging that we have to do. Oh, and uh, Valahor that you heard before, they have some gigs coming up too. As always, we include uh, links to each band. They're touring that album that we played a release from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go, he- head over to their Facebook. They'll have all the details there. Yeah. And check that out at Town EU. There's just a lot of dates. Too many for us to mention. Yeah, too them. many, too many dates. And of course, you know, a lot of bands tonight. Uh, so do check the links. We always provide them. You know, pick up some music from these guys if you like it. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys soon. But we've got one more track to hear as well. Yes. So this is a band from Australia. Don't know where in Australia because they're pretty mysterious. They don't have much of an online presence. Mm. Uh, but they're called Miserist. They released an EP that's called Miserist. And it, uh, what what's the track that we're listening to? Uh, it's called Miserist. Yeah, right. So, you know, uh, when you find a good thing, stick with it uh, <laughs> and just call everything that one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I look forward to hearing Miserous 2 and Miserous 3 as well. But. Uh, these guys these guys are insanely cool. Yeah, jokes cool. aside. I, it's... I think it might just be one guy or it might be a couple. I don't know, but worth checking out and we'll check them out in a second. But before we do that, just wanted to go back to the beginning of the podcast. You said something... It seemed like a bit of a non sequitur at the time. You said, you asked, I don't know what you mean. Well, you asked if anything happened in Prague. Does that jog a memory? What do you... No, I can't even remember saying that. You know, I, I was just... I only care for you, Gary. Well, look, you know who else cares for me? Mm. Bigglesby. I know that the Prague incident was you. How about you... Curse you, Bigglesby. On guard, Gary Grimm.
it, Gary. You've won. The fight is yours. Kill me now. No. Damn you, Gary Grimm. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. Ugh.